everybody. This is Chris Graham here with the National Racing Network. Welcome back to another edition of the Pizza at the Pagoda podcast. Uh, I will apologize first and foremost for my voice sounding like absolute crap. Uh, still getting over whatever the uh, illness, syphilis that's going around. Oh. Um, so we'll apologize for that one. The other one, uh, well, our podcasting host managed to screw the pooch a little bit. We have two episodes in the can that we thought we released that apparently you never got to hear. So we're going to cut them apart. They'll become kind of best ofs that we'll release over the course of the month of May. Last week's had a pretty important discussion in light of some recent events in the NASCAR world. Uh, and we will be continuing that discussion probably next week uh, as we kick off the month of May. So looking forward to some of that stuff coming up Yeehaw! here. We'll have a lot of content for you. That's for sure. Coming up because it is almost May. It, it kind of makes me sad a little bit. Do you it, know what indie means, Chris? Um, indie means I get to be happy for a month. You cannot wipe the stupid-ass grin off my face the entire month of May. But we're going to start it in Alabama, which... No. Okay, we'll, we'll take it. We'll get to that. So it it really is the it. Augusta National of oh my motorcycle racetracks. <laughs> you knew we were going there. You had to know. Two we were minutes going there. in. Two minutes in. Thank you very much, Jason. For those of you I'm that had to. We haven't even done what are we drinking yet. I know. <laughs> How about we introduce who work. the hell is in the room? Ben Carswell is joining us as always. <laughs> IndyCar reporter extraordinaire for the National Racing Network. James Watson and Jason Owens are both doing double duty at the moment. They are driving into the Indy Pro 2000 official series race on iRacing. Uh, and Mike McCullen, I believe, is just drinking heavily with me from the artist formerly known as Indianapolis Raceway Park. So, yeah, if you hear random expletives from me or Jason, you know what happened. Pretty much. But we'll start the show off as we always do. Uh, outside of the water from the garbage disposal, what are you drinking tonight, Ben Carswell? <laughs> um, well, I hate to let you guys down, but I had a little bit too much drink last night, so we're sticking with a uh, nice protein shake today. What are we actually, do with uh, it? It's vanilla ice cream flavored protein uh, powder, and when you blend it up with milk, it's really tastes like a milkshake. It's like, it's like a dessert. A you keep reward. telling yourself that. <laughs> it really does yes. taste so keep, good, man. Keep lying to yourself, Ben. It's okay. Uh, James, what are you drinking? Uh, Sunkissed blueberry lemonade. And the fumes of every other pretend race car in front of you. Uh, hey, I'm fourth. Give me some, cut me some slack. Put some respect on my name. Uh, maybe. We'll see what you have to say later in the show. Uh, Jason, uh, what are you consuming at the moment? Uh, Highland Park 18. Uh, that sounds delicious. Actually, it sounds like I need a scotch right about now. Uh, Mike, what are you uh, imbibing this evening? Golf old Kolsch. Gesundheit. Stand by. It's <laughs> a good one. Uh, I have a Boddington's Pub Ale in front of me. Uh, the creaminess nice. of this beer feels fantastic. Bro. 
I'm not going there. You set it up and just let it hang. Just, just you made the let joke. it hang out there. God almighty. <laughs> that is so damn disappointing. All right, boys. Nothing we had... need to do. Five minutes in and we're already off the rails, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, this is going to be a good show. This one's going to be fun. Let's start things off. Um, do we want to go good to bad or bad to good? Yes. Let's go bad to good so we don't get too off topic later in the show. Okay. So we, go, we go farther off the rails as we go on. That is correct. So let's do this. Let's discuss the Honda Indy Grand Prix of Alabama. Presented by Amherst, a race title so long it takes up two lines on the official IndyCar news release. Running this weekend, Friday, April 29th to Sunday, May 1st at Barber Motorsports Park, a 2.3-mile, 17-turn road course, which IndyCar PR feels the need to tell us is run clockwise in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, It's going to be 90 laps, 207 miles for the IndyCar Series. 35 laps, and we're 55 minutes for the Indy Light Series. Uh, Jason, you already started on Barber, so we'll let you we'll let you rant for a moment here. What what's the hate on Barber for, man? It's not good. Jason's probably very busy right now. He lost in front of me. Oh, Jason's busy crashing. Oh no. Shocker. Anyway, um, right. Ben, we'll come to you then. I'm not dead, but oh, go good. back to the question. Okay. Why do you hate Barber? I think it's a motorcycle track that has been co opted for IndyCar and generally doesn't put on great races. And I hate driving it uh, in sim. Yeah. If he's anything like me, he's gone off of the one kind of old rouge type corner on the back straightaway because you can't figure out where to turn <laughs> which one you're gonna have to be more specific is yeah is that the, is that that describes like more... half of the corners you're right or, or how about the downhill blind chicane that one's fantastic i love that corner so i want to see you drive that corner chris i do <laughs> I will do it for the memes, maybe, during the Pizza at the Pagoda watch party this weekend. Yes, yes. Maybe I will fire the sim up while we're on the air. Uh, Oh, God, how cool is that? Holy shit. How's that for brainstorm ideas? Live track maps? Like pre-race from iRacing? We'll do a live in-car feed? Hey. Whoa. We'll put a pin in that one and circle back to it for Jason in a little bit here. But, okay, so, Ben, we'll let you answer the question. Why do you hate Barber? Uh, I don't hate Barber. Um, That's only sports. As a a place to watch real-life racing at, I kind of enjoy Barber. It's nice. Pretty track, nice to watch. It is really difficult to drive. Uh, The corners don't make a lot of sense. And I think... There is some some element of it was built for motorcycles, so it's not as wide as maybe it should be. 
and there's only one true passing opportunity, which is the end of the main straight between into turn, I want to say five or four. Uh, yeah, the I hairpin? Double apex hairpin. Double yeah, apex have, hairpin. Yeah, that's kind of it. Um, I, see, I don't know. I think kind you, of. you have a passing zone into turn 11 which kind of takes you through that last looping section of the racetrack. It's not, okay, it's not a, uh, I'll say a long beach where you go, okay, there's three or four distinct passing opportunities on this race course. It's not well, like I think, Road I think America where is... you, can, you can stream about four, five, six passing opportunities. At the same time, to me, it's really a test of driver skill of where are you going to make that pass? Yeah, it's super technical. Yeah, so it, it it there's a lot of the it was built to drive things on and enjoy driving them on, not to race them. Right, so to come around on it in the sim in a slower car and and lapping by myself, like it's actually a lot of fun in the F four cars. I I just I don't know how I just don't get how it works in any car. Now that yeah. said, better the, racing drivers. <laughs> yeah, better racing drivers can do better things with it. Uh, even though Newgarden wrecked like half the field last year, so <laughs> yeah, I needed one of my IndyCar drivers to literally spend two hours with me to teach me how to be able to do two laps on that track without eating myself off to oblivion at any point. It's it is technical, and and we saw the mistake last year from Joseph Newgarden that completely changed the complexion of that race and quite frankly, changed the complexion of the championship as well. Is Bar Barber kind of has a reputation for that, though. We saw the one year, what was it, 2016, 17, something like that, when Bourdais had one of the most epic rain drives I have ever seen on slick tires trying to get to the end of that show. Graham Rahal has had a couple of great battles, multi-lap dogfights. There's moments that come to mind about Barber, not necessarily full races. Yeah, I I agree there. Like the the 2016 um, 2016 Barber race, I believe that was Pagano's championship season, and Ray Hall and Pagano were just dueling. You know, the last the last ten laps until Ray Hall tried to drive it up his tailpipe and uh, broke some stuff. <laughs> I think he still finished second in that race though. So, yeah. I think you're right. I think it has good moments, but I've never watched a race at Barber and been like, that was a great race. I've watched a race at Barber and said, that had some cool moments, but overall, that was kind of brutal. Uh, yeah, and I think this has some, the potential to potentially have some of the ugliness because we have a lot of guys who have not been here before. The rookie class now, David Malukas does have a win there. He, he How many up. cars does DeFrancesco take out on lap one? All of them. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> the verbal Kermit Norman. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's a deep cut. <laughs> oh, that's way down the iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or do we, I don't think we want to go down there just yet. No, uh, we don't need to go down our iceberg. Stay on the rails. Off-season content. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah. nobody needs to know. We'll we'll try. Um, all right. So, what are we thinking as we head into this race here? They didn't run it in 2020 due to the spicy cough. 
Uh, Alex Blue got the win last year on and April got called 18th. for the championship by yours truly. That is correct. Oh my God! Yes, Jason, you yeah, called. There's your it. Kermit Norman Gol- golf class. <laughs> Kermit, Kermit, that he's done it too many times. Um, going back through the list of winners here, Takuma Sato with a win in 2019, 2018, and 17, which both went to Joseph Newgarden. Uh, Simon Pagino in 2016, Newgarden in 2015, a couple of wins for Ryan Hunter Ray in 13 and 14, Will Power in 11 and 12, and Elio Castro Neves took the opener. Does the rest of the grid kind of have to be crapping themselves a little bit that Team Penske kind of owns the place? Isn't that, can't you say the same about most tracks, to be honest? Well, Team oh. Penske literally owns the series, but. <laughs> Here. Um, I, 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 I'm speaking I mean, more specifically think, to the think, form that Penske is on this year. Yeah, I don't think you're even as worried is, like Penske does well it, here. They're just doing well. Penske everywhere. is PP. Penske perfect. Exactly. They are firing on. They're good. Everywhere. All cylinders this season, and yeah, that was a racing bond. But now they are seriously firing on all cylinders. They look untouchable right now like they haven't they haven't borked a strategy they haven't screwed up a pit stop they haven't set a car up wrong McLaughlin salvaged an awful weekend at Long Beach after a cracked header and then he still put it into a wall kind of but uh, yeah when Penske is at the top of the game at the top of their game like they are eh, it's not gonna be pretty for the rest of the field yeah, and, and quite frankly, that domination is continuing even to the stuff that doesn't totally count all the way. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, also the fastest in testing uh, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway this past week. Now, it's testing. You're not going to show all your cards, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and I think we're probably at a pretty good point here that we can transition to indie testing. We learned some things, some things, but I don't think we learned a ton. Joseph Newgarden going 229.5, I think, was a big-time surprise, considering that the track was pretty green. Weather conditions were okay-ish, fairly cool, but you're still talking about laps in testing over 229 miles an hour. It's terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying? Yeah, I don't. It's just insane, man. Yeah, it's crazy. And we're talking testing, and they're going out there that's and crazy. they're slapping it on the table. Yeah, that's. <laughs> you know what? I mean, you... we had probably one of the closest calls. I think you could even have with Herta and Erickson, the power yes. sliding up. Oh, I, mean, I don't geez, think yeah. they were even at two twenty. Yeah, it looked like they were around two oh five, and I, I just that extra fifteen miles an hour, man. I, I, if if you haven't watched that video of her to avoiding willpower, I strongly <laughs> suggest you watch it because it is otherworldly. Yeah, like, it's I had um... to rewind and rewind until finally I could see power, like a fraction of a second before her adjusted. And even then, the reflexes, it's just... Uh, okay, and can we also comment on the fact that 
even a handful of years ago, the car would not have corrected the way it did. If he made that hard of a turn to the right to avoid willpower that he had to make, that car goes straight to the outside wall. There was no ability to save it. We saw well, they also with- had a little bit more downforce on than they would normally in practice, so... Yeah, all all I know is is that video is a uh, NSFPF, uh, not safe for power fans. Um, oh not safe for her as pants. Yeah. Say. That was the code brown of all code browns. And then Erickson too, having her to come flying across his nose. Uh yeah, just... it was it was eerily reminiscent of the Alex Donardi wreck. Yeah, scarily. Yeah. They they say that they have fixed that uh, section of the track. I didn't see any issues with it on um, the second day of testing. So, but that was a scary moment. I don't don't think you can gain anything from testing, though. I think they know what they're looking for, but we're just sort of watching it to watch cars go fast. Uh, yeah, well, to, to wrap up the, the discussion on the power incident, Will was not the only one that had the issue. Alexander Rossi wrecked his car there. Elio Castroneves wrecked his car. You're talking about six Indy 500 wins across those three drivers. It, it wasn't like How it was the laps? new guys having an issue. Right, that's what I'm saying. Tens of thousands yeah. of laps combined. That seems to be something that they fixed, but again, and it popped up so suddenly. Well, yeah, can we talk about up? how the Speedway's response was literally they brought the entire tire dragging apparatus back from two hours away and the entire grounds crew from two hours away into the Speedway and worked till the rain started at midnight to clean yeah. it up? Super impressive, but but the, the, I guess just the worry is, and I'm sure that they've looked at it and gone, what caused this, and how do we make sure it doesn't happen on May 29th? Because if that happens on May 29th during the race, and y- you get more, you know, you get a situation where maybe somebody's not like so eager to lift immediately, or thinks I can get around this. You know, any less when they're just they're in absolute kill mode. I that just looks like an app. Uh, scary. It worries me. Uh, yeah, just, it'll, it freaks, it'll be. Freaks me out. It, it will be something that I'm pretty sure you can say will be addressed, uh, both by the teams and the speedway before we get back there for really the NDGP because where power spun. Do they you um trying to remember? Are they on that part of the access road for the GP? I think they are for pit in. Are they there for pit in? No, they're not. No, because you you kind of go a little bit further and then you make the hard left. That makes sense. They don't run turn oh. one for the the GP anymore. Time to find a track guide. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we're the, experts. We know what the NDGP hell we're talking track about. Map. 
We know what we're talking about. Um, no. They sort of run into Pit out, uh, but they cut the majority of it off. Right. Correct. Yeah. Exiting the final corner, that that big arcing right-hand turn onto the front straightaway. So they don't run turn one anymore. Um, Gives the, quite frankly, it gives the speedway a lot of time to address it before we're back there on, I guess, the second or third week of May for practice. Um, did we? Yeah, I don't think I have any concerns. What was there anything else on that went on in testing that we went? Oh, this is interesting. Um, I don't think there was anything like dramatically different. You know, me as my my Jimmy Johnson centric self, I thought it was really good to see him out there getting up to speed and, and blasting around, but. 227.9 was the fastest lap for Jimmy Johnson. And he mentioned that he lifts, he's still lifting in turn one and turn three. Yeah. He'll get it nailed down. JJ's going to be plenty of practice time. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I, that, I, (laughs) I think he's going to get there. And that like little voice in the back of his head is going to go. Remember, you know how you haven't won anything in a while it's been since like 2017. You haven't won a race since 2017. You're Jimmy fucking Johnson. Okay, you you are a four time winner at the Brickyard. Do you think that's what's what the the actual Carvana bedazzled jeans say? They don't. The the ones that he actually Jimmy wears don't say Johnson. Carvana, but it does say Jimmy fucking Johnson right on the back. Because the he's Jimmy jeans. fucking Johnson. Honestly, that's like my one. This is a little off topic. I'll keep it quick. My one thing with Jimmy is I just want him to be a little bit more Kyle Bush in a way and just be like, I'm fucking Jimmy Johnson, man. You know who the confetti. fuck I am? He's a good Boom human confetti though. motherfucker. I know. I know. And it's why I love him so much. Because I would And the Bushinator is not. Ish. If, if Kyle that was Bush me, is I would putting be on an act. That's not who he is in real life. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's putting on an act, but if you put on an act that you're a d bag, aren't you really a d bag? No, really I've heard a lot of stories of him just being a really good he dude. He does seem like, like a really good dude behind the scenes, but like, I, I, I think at this point he's playing it up. Because you play the heel just to in, be the heel. People, I mean, I think people expect him to be the heel, so he's yeah. But you don't need to play the heel when your kid's racing a go kart. Exactly. That's exactly him, where I was going I with that. I watched him climb up into a flag stand to scream at a flagman because he felt like his kid got hosed or something. And it was broadcast. There's a clip. In fact, the flagman pulled the NRN clip and tagged him in it on Twitter Beautiful. going, See, white flag was out, dickhead. That's like, amazing. I, I'm. I get these guys, well, all these guys do. They do a lot of good stuff that they don't want people to know about. Tony Stewart has done more for people than you would ever dream of. But he plays the role of a dick. He likes being a dick. So I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I mean, I can't really say too much because when I was in my early 20s, I was totally likes to fight guys, so... Yeah. <laughs> yes, but the difference was you grew up. Um, 
And now he just fights allegedly. Sure about that. Uh, yes, allegedly. Um, and now he just now he just fights the recycle bin. And he loses. Uh, okay. Once Roll I only lost once. <laughs> Courtesy yeah, of a pizza. Lost real bad. <laughs> yeah, that's one. Broken ribs are not <laughs> that bad of a loss. Uh, they heal in six to twelve weeks, Ben. <laughs> Dude, if I get my ass kicked, and I'm like, I'll be back in six to twelve weeks for you. <laughs> I mean, hey, that recycle bin has not won a damn thing in the last six months. Well, yeah, you haven't bought <laughs> it again. We'll change that one soon enough. All right, looking at undefeated. <laughs> Undisputed heavyweight champion of the uh, world. <laughs> the undisputed heavyweight champion. Do, do you think? Do you think when like when Jo's gonna like go jump in the recycling bin? He's um, like he's got the Michael Buffer clip queued up, but he's got to have like his fight music. Like he's actually going into battle with this thing. Do you do you walk into the garage with like a little a little little strut, a shiny bathrobe on? Some little shorts. <laughs> None of the, those things happen. I do not, Jimmy Johnson, Owens. bedazzle my shorts to jump up and down in the recycle <laughs> bin. Oh man, we gotta get some good like. Oh, we are so off the rails. mottos for you. Oh, we are fantastically okay. off the rails. Let's let's bring it back here a little bit, people. Today, IndyCar released the updated qualifying format. For the world's greatest race, the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500 presented by Gainbridge. It's actually not that far off from what is traditional IndyCar qualifying at this point. It looks We're like not, road course qualifying. Correct, on, on the road courses. We're not going to get more than 33 cars. I, you can... You'll be able to knock me over with a feather if there's a 40, 34th car that rolls out of gasoline out. So the way the field's going to be set, full field qualifying. I, so we'll be able to knock you out of a recycle bin with a feather. That is correct. Just making sure we're on the same page here. That is correct. In Got fact, it. I might even climb into a recycle bin just for you, buddy. Um, okay, so qualifications for the full field will occur Saturday, May 21st from noon to 5.50 p.m. Positions 13 through 33 will be set, and they will not requalify on Sunday. Basically, the same way it's been run in the past, you're going to get your first trip through the line. Once everybody has gotten their trip through the line, it splits up into two lanes. You can either have the regular lane or the fast lane. You go in the regular lane, you can make another four-lap attempt. It doesn't count against you. No harm, no foul. If you get in the fast lane, you have to withdraw your qualified time. That then puts you back on the speedway faster than everybody else in the slow lane. You'll get to take your four-lap attempt. Once the gun goes off, positions 13 through 33 will be set. If we get a 34th car, the final row of the grid will not set it will be only positions 13 to 30 then you'll have last chance qualifying from 2 to 3 p.m which is when basically those four cars are going to keep turning four lap bangers until they figure out 
who the, the final three in the field are. The top 12 are going to run qualifications from 4 to 4.45. Order is based on Saturday qualifying times, slowest to fastest. Each entry is guaranteed one attempt. The fastest six advance to the Firestone Fast 6 to determine positions 1 through 6. 5.10 to 5.40. Uh, order is based on times from top 12 qualifying, slowest to fastest. Each entry is guaranteed one attempt. The fastest driver in the Fast 6 will earn the coveted NTT P1 award for the pole position. What do we think here, boys? Um, if you've only got 33, I think this is probably not a bad way to do it. I have an LCQ question. An LCQ If we question. are... Yeah, I have an LCQ question. If okay. we have the final row of the grid, which is what goes into LCQ, if I'm not mistaken, for what you said. Why? Why does that matter? It's bump day. It's the no one's getting bumped. Correct. There is no last chance qualifying if there's only there will be a 34. Okay, that's what I thought. Where are you hearing that from? What? You're going to be in Seattle. I'm okay. inventing in my mind that RHR runs a third Michael Shank racing chassis and is the 34th car after uh, Steph Wilson gets the 34 in a JHR, K- JHR car operated by Dragon Speed. Uh, correct. That sounds like the most likely combination for the 33rd car for anybody that may not have heard this information. Hunkos Hollinger is going to have Stefan Wilson, who is part of a different team, running a car crude, engineered the whole bit by Dragon Speed. Basically, Dragon Speed closed up shop during COVID. They closed their IndyCar program down because it was too expensive. But they still have the personnel. Oh, I can't keep track of these teams, dude. Briar and Ryan and they have running... really, really good personnel too. Like their their mechanics and over the wall crew is top notch. Top notch, but there's a whole lot of IMSA and WEC and all the other sporty car stuff going on before and after. So there, there is still, my understanding is there's still a little bit of a question on Dragon Speed's commitment to this thing. Quite possibly. It, does the check be, clear? I think that's the commitment, right? Um, you don't want to take your guys away from the day job that's actually paying the bills for the race team. Eh, kind of, but at the end of the day, like, uh, multi-millionaire sporty car amateur guy is still going to write the check whether they're at Indy or not for the sporty car stuff. Good point. The sport car is going to run. My problem is if I'm the guy cutting the multi-million dollar check, I'm saying y'all are going to have your boys here working this race car. 
We don't need to be off playing around with open wheel stuff. And, and I think that's where the question comes into play. But I don't know what else you can say about 33 and 34. That hasn't already been said, honestly. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, we're going to have 33. That's, that will we'll be have the 33. End. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that. And uh, that was a little gem that came out from the Peretta conference was that there will be 33 maybe 34, which to me sounds like we'll have 33, and someone will go, well, we tried for 34, but we couldn't get there. Correct. So If you don't get to 33 without going, you're not going to get bumped. You're going to be in the race. I think that's the biggest yeah, you, one. That's the commitment that will get Dragon Speed on board, is you can't get bumped. Because you don't want to throw together that last-minute program, and then you get bumped? You spend the whole month there and you get bumped? You're talking you go, easily oh, a fuck, billion man? dollar investment. Yeah. And in and, and this rush too. We're gonna rush ourselves over there. You don't so you guys don't think Top Gun is gonna run from like a guy that lives in my neighborhood and just magically appear with a car? Hmm. Uh no, because or slash apparently S. a court has it. That was to- right. That was total uh, totally a sarcastic comment. There's well, no way. You jo- could you could you fit in in that car? You fit in a recycle bin. <laughs> You've won it, Indy. In a oh, LMP2, but you know. Okay, so what what do we make of the qualifying? And it's a format? really yeah. good thing that you're not here physically within arm's reach right now. <laughs> <laughs> We have to do one of these watch-alongs uh, live hey, from a racetrack somewhere. It, uh, well, Iowa, I'll be at Nashville. But also, if I can fit in a Fiat 500 Classic in Italy, I can fit in anything. <laughs> I'll just go on the record with that. Uh, okay, so getting back to the discussion that was at hand here, <laughs> what do we make of the qualifying format? I, I don't know how much I like the idea of the traditional way of winning the pole for the 500 is one badass balls to the wall four lap run on pole day. Now you have to do it at minimum three times. Twice. Three well, times. You're right. Saturday and twice on Sunday. Correct. But I wished. So what I was hoping when this leaked yesterday is that it would be like a two hour open session with you can pull your time with the lanes and everything. But I think the teams put the kibosh on that and said, no, we don't want it to be an open timed session. I think it's better than it was with the top nine. I think it'll be more drama. It'll look better on television. Do I wish it was better? Yes. Do I think it is better? Yes. So overall I'm positively ambivalent about the change. Yeah, it seems a little complicated for my tastes. I think probably the two-hour session and then you do your fast nine is probably the best way. You know, and then you get your fast nine on TV, and that's, like, the real, like, what's going to happen. But, you know, this is... We'll see what happens. I think the drama is there anyway, so you don't have to manufacture it. Like, I, I think... 
racing series get caught up in that. NASCAR is the obvious example where they go, how do we make more moments? This is a moment. You don't have to do anything. It's freaking Indy 500 qualifying. It is a it is a huge thing, and it doesn't need anybody to help it. I I really agree with you there, Ben, because when you look at the way the times are scheduled, it's five ten to five forty. It's a half hour for six cars to go out and make a run. You start to factor in the commercial breaks and everything else, you're gonna get one run. This isn't a you know willpower bobbles in turn three on lap three and he goes i'm putting it back in line that that drama builds itself you don't need to to add anything to that let let this stuff happen organically you already have the time clock pressure i guess the the deal is it's going to be on the mothership nbc so from 4.45 to 5.10, they're going to be interviewing drivers 7 through 12, et cetera, et cetera, showing the other pre-recorded content. And then you're going to run the fast six. I just, I understand it builds drama, but it doesn't, you don't need it. You're at the speedway. That's that. That's, that's my take on it. Um, I, I think you're else? wrong. I mean, Okay, go ahead. No, I, I, I think you're right. I think it's this, we don't need to build drama because it's the speedway. It just, yeah, I don't know. It's I, I like that IndyCar is not afraid to monkey with stuff. It's oh, if it works, cool. If it doesn't work, they go, oh shit, won't do that again. But at least they're not. I, I think sometimes some we can get too carried away with, Oh, I mean, that's, you know, that's not how it's, but how it's done. It's not tradition. It's, it's, it's worth a shot to play with. I think it's worth a shot to play with. I am going to be the first guy to take the, this is tradition and don't fuck with it. I want damn balloons. I don't care how many birds and fishes and anything else we kill. You release the damn balloons on opening day. Next thing you know, they're just not shoot gonna... a hot air balloon race. Harking back there's, to the first ever race. There's All the hot did. take we've been waiting for. And and be done with yeah, it. Do do like I don't know, like little tiny reusable balloons. The the balloons they use biodegrade. Like almost instantly. But he'd figured out not quite. Hey, yeah, Chris, I'm let's sure see how quickly it biodegrades when it's stuck in your esophagus when you're reincarnated as a turtle. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me if I am reincarnated, I will be coming batch back much lower on the food chain than turtle. I was going to say turtle is a good He's one. going to be a bee. <laughs> a wasp. I, I Get it right. This. Um, I love this show. Infinitely more just vengeful. Yeah. We are kind of out for blood today. You know what? I, well, yeah, it's Barber Week. We hate the track. <laughs> I actually don't hate Barber. I'm, and we're going to get to that. Search your soul. You know fits. it to be true. At least we're not going to a parking lot in South Florida. Bingo. A parking lot with a fake 
Marita a in a parking marina. lot. That is the most F1 bullshit I have ever heard. They just combined F1. You know how bad that paint on the tarmac is going to look in seven years when they never go back after this year because all the cryptocurrency <laughs> vendors lost their freaking pants? It's going to be like, it's going to be on like lost adventure whatever that website is where they go to places like thunder island and carmel westfield and like <laughs> people are like dale jr show when yeah are, right exactly it's gonna be a lost speedway do you think dale jr goes I'll down there the for the f1 speed. race to film lost speedways there's zero percent there. chance dale jr goes to an f1 <laughs> race ever there's not enough bush light or bud light or anything that dale jr would want to do it, it was it been to an F1 race? Was it Coda? Wasn't it Coda that he was at the NASCAR race at Coda? He was like, why is there no beer? <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. He'd go to an F1 race and be like, these are not my people. I'm out. That was at the NASCAR race, too. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if, he, if he's doing that at a NASCAR race? race, there's zero chance he's going to an F1 race. Oh, he's my God. Indy 500. Like he's been to the Indy. I mean, can you see? Oh, can yeah, you see Dale Jr. hanging out on the grid with Kanye West, Pitbull, maybe Pitbull because he's a team owner in NASCAR, and like Percent. seven other like hip hop stars. Dale Jr. is going to be like, can I just get a beer, guys? I want to go record my podcast and talk Dale about. Dale Jr. was all that like an ribs. Yeah, Dale, Dale Jr. was an icon to all of them. Get along. With. Well, first of all, I think you understand you are underestimating underestimating the like reach that Dale Earnhardt Jr. has. Like there are people I know who don't know racing, they know Dale Jr. Knows Dale Jr. Not even Dale necessarily, it Dale Jr. Dale Jr. is a cool dude. People know Dale Jr. Like, holy shit, is that Dale Jr.? You'd be like, Yeah, man. Oh my god, people get fucking excited. Then they break out the Dale I, ball okay. and like it really gets round. <laughs> All right, it's time Dale for Jr. picks. We're, we're already 45 oh, God. minutes almost into this dumpster fire. It's time Can I for go picks in the top three? And something else we get to argue about. Uh, we will be picking in reverse order of the point standings, at least for round one. Which means I get the first pick, so I have to defer to last. I kind of put the show and stuff, so I always go last. Means Jason Owens, you have first pick in the Barber Motorcycle Grand Prix draft. So that's like Valentino Rossi, right? At this motorcycle track? Uh, okay, so he took Rossi. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you picked that up. Thank you. Okay, good. So Jason is taking Alexander Rossi to win. Uh, Rossi is currently 18th in the point standings, sitting on 40 markers, one ahead of good buddy Connor Daly. All right, who do you want here, Jason? We won't, we won't totally screw you with Rossi. <laughs> yeah, all right. You think Alexander Rossi gets off the schneid this weekend? You can change it. Jason. I do. No, I know. No. Someone other than Rossi. You don't understand. I've been planning to make that joke all week. And, like, that was my plan. Okay. I'm sorry to hear that. So, oh. Val-
Valentino Rossi to get the win this weekend at Barber, according to Jason Owens. Um, Mike He's Mc- got a better chance than Alexander Rossi. <laughs> By the way, Alex Rossi's uh, Wikipedia page starts off with Alex Alexander Rossi is an American professional racing driver and podcast host. Well, he's more successful at one of those he's two of outside of the Indy 500 he is. win than the other. Media page needs to say I'm a podcast host. I don't know how I feel about that. I'd be a little miffed if I was Rossi. Although Rossi is nothing but miffed, so. That is correct. Yeah, Rossi's just constantly pissed off. All right, Mike, who is your pick? Uh, who are we going with? Scotty Mack. I'm, I'm turning into James this year. Everybody else is like, I I expect the rest of you guys to just take uh, Penske drivers and then somebody is guaranteed to win at this point. I mean, we've been talking Penske dominance. I'm gonna, I don't like Penske, but I like Scotty Mack. Okay. Okay. You guys take chalk. I'll take the high risk, high reward. Points here, Jason. I want to, I want to score points. I don't care about it. Don't call call hurting yourself. All right, Ben, you're next. I could make so it a steady comeback. Uh, I'm going to take Newgarden. Chalk, chalk, chalk. Come on, guys. You're better Joseph than that. Joseph Newgarden, your IndyCar Series points leader by five markers. I'm going to be honest with you. I would take power, but I'm not a mean person. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. All right, James. I, I would rather take power, but, you know, I'm a nice guy. Well, Will Power, if you go by the Firestone Pit Stop Performance Award standings, Will Power is leading those. I can't believe I'm saying that. Wow. Will Power is leading the Firestone Pit Stop Performance Award standings heading into Barber. 110 to 103 over the three cars, Scott McLaughlin, tied with Alex Pillow. And the two of Joseph Newgarden is fourth, and the nine of Chip Ganassi Racing is fifth obviously that one being scott dixon um we haven't talked about him nearly enough i mean we we have talked a bit more about jimmy johnson's ass on this podcast than we have scott dixon over the last few weeks i am taking scott dixon to be your winner at barber motorsports park which means one of his teammates will foobar him into turn five on lap one. <laughs> Time for the anchovies. I man, I don't even know who I want to take for this one. So we'll go to Jason. Who is your pick for anchovy of the week? Anchovy of the week. I'm gonna go with, and it pays me to say it because I, I, I want him to do well in the championship. But I think Scotty Mack's gonna have something happen this week. You know what? I feel I, like I feel attacked, Jason. Well, I said the same thing a couple of weeks there. ago. The guy can't continue to be a top two finishing machine. And it's really not that terrible of a pick because at this point, anything but a podium is a disappointment for that car. Um, anything but a top five. It's not, not going to podium every week. It's not going to happen. He should be top five until you prove otherwise. Every week. Uh, All right, Mike, your turn. Anchovy of the week. 
You know what? I'm picking Alexander Rossi. (laughs) Is that just purely, purely out of spite? Absolutely. I'm sitting here with a smug Jeremy Clarkson look on my face. Because, again, we're back to this discussion. If Alexander Rossi and that team shit the bed this weekend, is it really an anchovy? It's expected. I, you know what? I'm picking fucking Rossi because I'm sure he'll do something <laughs> even worse than, he, that, than he's done before. And maybe he'll drive it, you know, into the spider or something. <laughs> we'll he it. hates Barber. He hates he Barber. Really does. <laughs> all right, Ben. You knew drive it into the fountain. I have a highlight reel of of all the shit that I've done at Barber, and I expect Rossi to do one of those this weekend. All right, Ben. Who is your pick for anchovy of the weekend? I don't know. Um, I'm really not sure. Um. I'm going to go with Christian Lundgaard. Interesting pick. Um, Lundgaard entering the race 17th in points, tied with Felix Rosenquist. A couple of markers behind Takuma Sato in 15th, a couple of markers ahead of Alexander Rossi in 18th. Uh, we're kind of in that very tight midfield battle where you go from a 20-point swing takes you to from 12th place Simon Pagino all the way back the 23rd place Callum Eilat. A bad weekend here at Barber is really not how you want to start your month of May. When you basically have three races worth of points on offer in the span of three weeks. So uh, interesting pick there for Christian Lundgaard. James Watson, your turn to make the pick. Did anyone take New Garden? No. Not as anchovy. I think no. I'm going to go with New Garden. I'm not saying he's going to pull a repeat of Two what he did. Two years in a row, he's going to anchovy the field? Well, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying he's going to do that again, but I, I don't know. I have a sneaking suspension that he might not have that great of a race this week. Um, at some point they have to come back to earth, right? Like you would think. No. No, <laughs> no I don't think. Okay. Scotty yeah, Mack, I think, is gonna is gonna come back down. I think. Scotty Mack, I could see. I could see that he's in a bit too much experience. I, I fully. Why are we stuck down on Scotty Mack all of a sudden? Because he's not New Garden or Power. People are always down on power. Scotty Mack's got three championships in supercars. It's not like he's some scrub that Penske dragged off the streets. He's a legitimately good driver. He doesn't have as much experience. He doesn't have as much experience. And that's going to factor in. Oh, Polo ran away with shit last year. We don't think Scotty Mack would two years in an open-wheeler. Polo has been in high downforce, high-power cars open wheelers his whole career. Scotty Mack is one of the best ranch car drivers on the planet. And he went from driving He's going to win the damn race. He went from driving a 3,500 pound V8 supercar to winning IndyCar races 
in two years. Like, with no open wheel experience. He had one year to adjust and he ran away with fucking St. Pete. Why are we so down on Scott? I'm not down on him. I'm trying to make big swings. I'm not down on him. I know that you you love supercars. (laughs) I know that you love supercars. There are some Let me make my point. So you're just trying to recycle Ben Mike? My point is, I don't think that Scotty Mac is going to keep this level of performance that we've seen, excluding Long Beach, because it was kind of a, a bad weekend for him all around. He's not going to be in the podium in top five the whole year long. Eventually, he's going to have a couple bad races because he's still relatively new. I'm not saying he's going to be all of a sudden he's going to be finishing like eighth every race. I don't expect that to happen at all. He will almost certainly win another race and he will be on the podium a bunch more times. I believe that. If you told me that power is going to be on the podium more than half the remaining races, along with New Garden and more than half the remaining races, I would believe you immediately. Because both of them are two of the best drivers in IndyCar and maybe in IndyCar's history. Like, honestly, those guys are really, really, really good. And Penske is nailed perfect. So is, if this is the year that, if this is when Scotty Mack just goes, I am as good as New Garden Power, then that's what it is. But we haven't seen that yet. Scotty well, Mack could be on, on his, his way to, like, a Tiger Woods FU season. Uh, that is year. entirely possible. This, I wouldn't be if you if you at the end of the year if he has like eight wins and wins the championship, you just go, "Wow, we saw it at St. Pete and he really kept it going the whole time." That's incredible. But you can't put him with New Garden and Power yet. I'm not saying you can't eventually, but yet you can't put him in that. You can't put him with New Garden. He's got two championships in this series. I am I am getting kind of distinct. Uh, I'm going to say, I, I want to say 1994 vibes out of this season. Um, 94, 95 Team Penske type vibes when they had Emerson Fittipaldi and Al Unser Jr. at the top of the board, which very much kind of fits the mold of Will Power and Joseph Newgarden. And oh, by the way, they had Paul Tracy there too who was young, very aggressive, and good behind the wheel. Maybe not up to the level of his other two teammates. But how many times did Penske go one, two, three over those couple of seasons? That's sort of the, the feeling I'm getting right now out of Scotty Mack. That, okay, he finishes fifth one week. Maybe it's not great, but it's not a terrible week. Uh, and we do have one more anchovy to get in here. Uh, and I am going to burst Jason Owens' bubble. Kyle Kirkwood is my pick for Anchovy of the Week. It has been spectacular this season. Last year in Indy Lights, first and second at St. Pete, fourth and fourth at IMS, two wins at Detroit, first and 12th at Road America, throw the 12th out the window. Uh, Mid-Ohio weekend one, first and first. Second, 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 first, 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 fifth. He was incredibly dominant, except for the first weekend of the season at Barber, where he finished ninth and fifth and was absolutely nowhere to be found the entire weekend. 
My gut tells me Kyle Kirkwood doesn't like this place very much. And he is my pick for anchovy of the week. Are expectations too high for Kyle Kirkwood right now? I don't think so. I think everybody knows he's at Foyt. Just, you know, for being honest. He's Foyt. I don't know what else you could really expect from him. Well, he's outkicked the coverage to this point in the season. You expect him to outkick the coverage. That's what I. You expect to look there and go, "How the hell did he put a Foyt guard there?" Well, that's what I. That's, that's what kind of, That's kind of what I think the weekend he's, he's done that every have race. this weekend is. It's not going to be the. How in the hell did they get a Foyt car there? But we'll see. We'll we'll recap, summarize. And Take a look at our picks here since it's taken us a half hour to get through them. Uh, ben Carswell selecting Joseph Newgarden as his race winner and Christian Lundgaard as the anchovy of the week. James Watson taking Will Power. Surprise, surprise. Little bit big surprise here, though. Joseph Newgarden as anchovy of the week. Jason Owens taking Valentino Rossi to win the Honda whatever Grand Prix at Barber. and. Scotty McLaughlin to be the anchovy. So we've got the top two in points as our anchovies of the week. Maybe time for us to start looking like idiots again here in terms of our picks. Mike McCullen selecting Scott McLaughlin to be your race winner and Alexander Rossi as anchovy of the week. And I took Scott Dixon as the race winner and Kyle Kirkwood as the anchovy of the week. With that, I think it's time that we should probably get the hell out of here before we go completely off the rails. Pizza at the Pagoda Watch Party this weekend. Boys, you got to let me know who's in, who's not. This one's fairly early uh, on Sunday as well. This is, let's see where it is, what the schedule. I have the press release right in front of me. Uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC Mothership. So probably go on the air. So about, the recycle bins are probably safe that early. Uh, maybe you said that last time. Long Beach ran early as well. Um, <laughs> probably come on the air about twelve fifty-five or so. Uh, actually, probably one o'clock because if NBC does another half-hour pre-race show, that's a lot of time for us to kill. But we don't want you to miss the green flag. So one p.m. Eastern time will be the airtime for the pizza at the. Go to IndyCar Watch Party. You won't want to miss it. Maybe we'll get a uh, a live iRacing track map uh, or at least a, a track demo or something. Uh, maybe we can get Jason Owens falling out of recycling bins again, celebrating Alex Palou winning a championship or something that he predicted a year ago. And with that, boys, it's May. Is there anything more spectacular? And Indy cars driving in circles in Speedway, Indiana. Oh, there! It's a squared circle, sir. Killing. Kind of have a moment here. I believe it's actually an oblate rhombus. Can you just mute him forever? All right. All right. Time to go. Put a pin in him and circle back in a week. 
All right, we're getting the hell out of here. <laughs> That's accurate. It's definitely time to go. For Ben Carswell, James Watson, Jason Owens, Mike McCullen, our absent buddy tonight, Christian Jasper. Unfortunately, he got stuck at work and was not able to join us, but we'll have him back here hopefully next week. My name is Chris Graham. We will see you all on Sunday. Till then, have a great week, everybody. Thank you.